You're listening to the Unreasonable Fridays Podcast Network. Go ahead, stand up, stand up, stand up. everybody and welcome back to another episode of ad space add space i am your substitute teacher filling in for one aaron Rand freeman justin lj90 on twitter and i'm joined by the illustrious proprietor of add space the ceo cfo coo h-e-i-c you can't remember <laughs> Head and be in charge. Bacon. You, 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 you can't remember all of it. I can't remember all of it. One of these days, I'm gonna in the Discord. I'm gonna make a roll for each single one of them and assign it to myself because it just keeps growing. Um, hello, it me. Hi. Uh, uh, we have a we have a special guest because and we're spearheading this one because. Uh, the Aaron Rand Freeman is so busy, but we got him. We got his back. However, he still has to edit this. Hello, Aaron. This is a message to you for later. Hello. From the um, past. This is a message from the past to future you. Well, present you. To us, it's future you. But to you, it'll be present you. Hello, Aaron. Hello. <laughs> We're going to get so much shit about this later, so we have to make sure we also, throughout this recording, throw in a couple moments where we can talk shit about Aaron, but in that loving friendship way that only black people can do in a way that's really funny. We appreciate you, big dog. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. And the third voice that you have heard, our special guest, we thank him for joining uh -huh. us. Jeff, Jeffrey Rousseau from Game Industry. How's it going, sir? Hey, hi. Um, thank you for having me. I'm glad that I'm finally on the pod. I've been trying a few times before, to be honest. <laughs> well, see, now, now that um, we know, now that we know, we're adding you to the list. Like you, you, so you can expect uh, some men in Hello Kitty masks to show up to compel you to join the <laughs> podcast from time to time. That that is how we that is how we get people to get on here. Like apparently, just some men in masks show up. Uh, Justin is now officially here of his own volition. It took some it took some time and some convincing, but he's here. Yeah, and I mean, you too can be here. Um. Well, I. <laughs> would definitely like to um earn earn my keep i i really want to just be like that cousin that just shows up every now and then and say hey what's up how's it going how the vibes you know um, hey you gotta have a vibe but check. no you but have a vibe <laughs> true um but yeah um as you've heard my name is jeffrey russo um i am i you may not know from the sound of my voice but i'm a black game journalist Ooh, they exist yeah. they're out here we we know one um yeah i'm i'm based out in uh florida uh south florida um my condolences 
You can mm, That is fair. That's <laughs> all I gotta say to that. Um, <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter uh, at JRPotential. That's my, um, my initials and the word potential, all one word. Uh, you should see me... Um, I changed my avatar. I should be wearing braids. But anyway, um, I'm here. I, I write about games for a living, and um, I don't necessarily tweet much about them. In fact, you wouldn't know where I work if you just went off my tweets, because I'm a strange cat. But anyway, I'm here. Thank you for having me. I, I have noticed that, like, when my when my people's like get in the industry, like before they would tweet about games, it's like, yo, that's what they're interested in. And then once they get in the industry, it's like, yo, it's kind of hard to tweet about this stuff now that I'm like in the industry. Um, the more serious answer to that is, I don't, I don't want to, um, I don't want to give the impression, um, at least online, that my job in that hobby is everything that i think about because there are other things to talk about that are going on um and i also don't want to do that branding thing where it's like oh this is all this guy knows no as both of you can attest to there's a lot of thoughts rambling around my head and they're always playing around and that's why i write not just games related stuff but like just things in general um, but yeah, that's just really an effort to like, um, I guess the best way I could describe it is that's also like a healthy practice of me making sure that I keep a boundary of like what I'm doing online. Because the thing is, after I'm done with work, like I log off like Twitter and stuff like that. Like I just shut off the app because I don't want to be on there more. And then I just don't want to... Um, I don't know, become like a gaming personality when I don't necessarily have to be. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just that I I just try to be mindful of like, there's other things I just need to focus on and do to help me just be, a, I guess, a better, or, or more well-rounded person. At least I try to be anyway. I mean, I still fail like anyone else. Um, yeah, that's the serious answer to that. Yeah, it, it sounds like you're just trying to like, one not be be pigeonholed because that does happen right like especially to mm-hmm. especially to folks like us it's like oh you're a black person in games you are now the black person in games it's like nah i don't want to do that like i have i have other interests yeah. i have other thoughts and just keeping that like like you said that healthy boundary and uh just that healthy mind space like when you said you log off twitter i've realized i became a much happier person when i stopped using twitter Right. Like when the minute I stopped using Twitter for anything more than a means to check up on people I'm cool with without like actually texting them. Oh, I became such a happier person. Yeah. Yeah. That that one I've definitely had like a hard time with. Um, it, It's gotten a little bit easier since I've like started going pretty deep into gaming communities in general, fourteen, um, but b- because um, <laughs> I am disabled and I've had chronic pain for so long, I was already self isolating like before COVID hit, and so like Twitter has always been like my means of communicating, like and seeing like what's going on. But 
I have definitely pulled back on the how much consumption because, yo, that shit will have you losing your damn mind. Yeah. Um, to, to add to what Bacon said is that um, I've really... I've really thought about my my use not to veer the podcast off, but this is just to go back to the point I was making. It's because I I I just want people to realize that I'm a person we're people, so we just think about different things. It's just that I understand why like colleagues who work in the space do what they do, why they're always going to make sure they're they're always hyper visible, but also I just want people to realize that, like, I'm someone who's, like, thinking about conceptualizing, like, a book that may just very well end up being, like, the blackest thing they ever created in their life. I'm, I'm like, that's something I'm struggling with. Well, not struggling with, but, like, I'm trying to conceptualize so it feels good when you read it. You know what I mean? That's one thing. The other thing, too, is just that um, people may not know this about me, but, like, I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to the fashion world, except for bacon. I think you. No, I've, I've, you forget that before. I, I've only known you on the internet, and therefore I know you from Facebook, no. and all them years on Facebook, and know your fashion nonsense. Okay. Okay. See. <laughs> There are there are definitely some styles that you've posted where I've been like, oh wait, let me get on on that. <laughs> See, like the two recent ones being that long hoodie from H and M, and then oh. that, and then like that pink flamingo shirt. Like, listen, yo, I got that long hoodie. I can't wait to step out the crib looking like show for the world ends with you. <laughs> listen. I love that thing. It is like it has become like my favorite thing to wear. But because of the way that Seattle weather is, it doesn't quite work out well for Seattle weather. But um I can wear it in any sort of like indoor social setting. It's great. I love it. I mean for Seattle Beautiful. weather, you can wear that like there's a week in Seattle from what you've told me. Like there's a week where it's like, okay, it's safe to wear it outside for this week. And then nope, can't do it no more. Yes. No, it's literally like a sing solitary week of safety before it's just like, oh, you need like, it's like closed jacket rain. Like you can't. So I'm waiting for that one week in fall to like wear it outside and be like, what? Nice. Love so. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Fashionista over there. Well, no, it was funny. Oh, go ahead. Oh, my bad. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it's like, um, <laughs> I love, I also love, I'm trying to get more, like, uh, clothing with, like, floral patterns. Maybe that's a Florida thing that's just seeping into my brain, or I just don't want people to know it's like, I'm, a, I'm you know, I'm I'm a, a sunflower that grew up out here. I don't know. I know that sounded really cheesy, but we're gonna stick with it. Um, I hey 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 support me, friend. <laughs> but I remember I was just getting groceries or whatever, and my neighbor saw my shirt, and it was like um, it has like four patterns on the back. He's like, "Damn, that's dope, kid." He's like, "You know, it's like flowers are like nature's like um 
pretty aesthetic or whatever. I, I don't know what he said, but it sounded dope. And I was just like, I'm gonna write that down. And I'm gonna use that. I'm like, yeah, man, yeah. All right. <laughs> That's such a thing. I'm sorry, I'm rambling. It's all right. It's all right. Welcome to ADD space, where the entire show is like formulated around a uh, free form. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, whatever. We're getting... ha- no, go ahead. What was that all day? Now I was gonna say we're, we're getting all these fashion opinions, but we have yet to hear why you are against the one print that has taken the black community by storm over these last seven years. <laughs> yes. Huh? Oh my God. Oh my God. We're calling you out live. We're calling you out. Okay. All right. You, I, I no, don't you understand why, no, why you you're coming up. against. No, you said I don't understand why you're coming against all the, these small business owners. You know, they, they, they're just, oh, they're Lord. just, a, they're just a small business. <laughs> You know, pushing the pushing these cloud prints to the community. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Explain to them. No, there might be some listeners who don't know what you you say. No, stop, please. Stop so. dancing around <laughs> and explain. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. With, mm-hmm. The manga Naruto. Yes. Uh, one of the main antagonists is this group called the Akatsuki, and their uniform. Is just black jacket. Uh, no, 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 back, 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 Smuggling, world domination. I don't, they're kind of cultish. Kinda yeah, kind cultish. of. Kind of. And I mean, they're, they're, pretty, they're kind of cultish. And y'all didn't mention the fact that they also disrupt governments. Oh, yeah, that's the whole get down. The whole get down is they want to overthrow. They, uh, they want to overthrow the existing mm-hmm. order. Well, Half of them want to overthrow the existing order. The other half want to shock the existing order into a state of peace through continual war. Like, okay, now now it's time okay. for me to get on. Time for me to get on a separate rant, and then I'll bring it back to the Akatsuki print. Pain as a right. villain when he is first introduced is terrifying and very well thought out. He is a child of war that has come to the conclusion that you can't stop war, but all I can do is shock humanity into peace through horrific acts. That is a very compelling villain for the world that Naruto has built. It's like, yo, this is a kid that I don't want to eat. He's the anti-Naruto. Naruto thinks you can end war through peace and collaboration. Pain thinks, no, you can only shock humanity through violent acts because violence is the only thing humanity understands because I grew up in violence. Going back to One Piece, children that have never known war have different values from children that have never known peace. Pain is a child who never knew peace, so that's the conclusion he drew. And like, narratively, that is fascinating. And then Kubo fumbled the bag on his character so badly, I still haven't let that go. Uh, you mean like every character he did, he's oh done? God. Like the whole goddamn series? Sorry, that's a different tangent. We've been down that road. Um, <laughs> Neji dies in the arms of a medic screaming for a medic. Okay, that's another thing I can't let go. Neji dies with someone crying like, medic. I'm like, you're a medic. Eno is a medic. You're and a is fucking like- medic. He forgot the <laughs> he forgot the ounce of character development he gave in anyways. But 
it's funny when you first brought up the Akatsuki print in our discord I went to uh, something at, at uh, Jonathan's school and his PE teacher it was a Halloween thing at his school and his PE teacher actually had the Akatsuki jacket with the matching force oh! <laughs> 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 this is okay listen if the bad if the good guys just fucking knew how to dress this wouldn't be oh an God. issue <laughs> i admit that there is nothing that they have that looks as fresh as that but again the black community is in the chokehold because the- it looks cool i know it does look cool but again, we are repping ninja ther- ther- terrorists. Right? <laughs> we are. We have bonnets. We have bonnets, jackets, hoodies, socks. I'm pretty sure I saw bathrobes. We are repping ninja Al Qaeda out here. Like I, I can't, I can't explain it. I can't. It- I-, I can't explain it. Fashion. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Listen, the only the only good guy, there's only like two of them that have like semi-decent outfits, and it's literally fucking Kakashi and um a guy. Like, that's it. It's all we got. It's all they got. Everybody like why would anybody fucking run around in a goddamn orange jumpsuit? What are orange jumpsuits? And it's hideous. It was hideous (laughs) when it was first designed. You mean jail? It's so (laughs) bad. It is jail. It it's jail. Oh oh. Uh, the fucking orange jumpsuit. I have another rant about Guy too, and just squandered potential. About how Guy, his whole character arc was: I developed ways to rival Kakashi and beat the Sharingan. He fates the ultimate Sharingan user, has a built-in way to beat him, but because Kubo said, "Nope, gotta have my literal ninja Jesus beat him," undid all of it. Sorry. Why does this still bother me? Mm. It was ten years ago. Why does because this still bother me? Because it's better writing and it's popular. Yeah, yeah, because... Because Naruto has a death grip on the anime community for reasons I don't understand. It's not even yeah, good shonen. It's, it's... But there's something to be said how that... A character who is essentially a goofball... um, Legitimately, when it came right down to it, was strong enough to fight... Evil ninja Jesus, but like fell short because of plot reasons. Yeah, that, nah, nah, yeah, like nah. guy has it's a bad writing. In, he had a built-in victory against Madara, and it would have brought his character arc and death to a like. On paper, in theory, that is brilliant writing, right? Like he he did it. He fa- through nothing but his hands, because like the techniques he used was just it's just straight up taijutsu. Guy can use ninjutsu, but he's like, why would I do that? The Sharingan just copies all ninjutsu. I'll just put these paws on you, because you can't copy these paws. And it worked, until it didn't. Uh, it, yeah. The thing about the, Akat- the Akatsuki print is just that I joke, and I think Bacon made this joke, it's like, but what happens if you meet someone and you match or whatever? Everything is right, and then you look at that closet, and you just see the jacket right there. What are you going to hey. do? And I'm like, I'm going to take my L and I'm going to shut up and keep walking. <laughs> <right>. Which L? <laughs> I'm going to chill. All right. I'll the door on that one. But anyway. Um, well, when, when you aren't giving out uh, 
glorious fashion opinions and warning the, the, the world and the black community of the evils of the Akatsuki print, you are a games journalist, specifically a business games yeah. journalist. How did you fall into that? Um, I recently was asked that before and I had to think about it, but um, the best way I could describe it is that I've been writing for a little over, professionally for a little over seven years. And when I started, um, I remember I was at my corporate America job and I got like my English degree like later than most people would. But around the, the end, I was just thinking, I was just like, why, why aren't there more black folks working on major publications? Like, I don't get that. That, that. that to me is quite weird because at the time I was just thinking more and more about it. And like in the back of my head, it's like, okay, I've grown up and I've been inspired by black journalists just period because like one thing about growing up Haitian uh oops by the way I'm also Haitian I forgot to mention that um at least in our household is just that my parents have always just like watched the news just to keep them informed about like things locally and abroad and you know the thing about growing up in news I always saw different kind of folks and obviously I saw black journalists and I'd like this is cool you're helping the community and people know about things. So that just stuck with me in the back of my head. And then around this time when I was just thinking about things, I was like, I know I can be a journalist. Why can't I be a black journalist working at, you know, major gaming publications? Why can't I do that? And I just like wrote something down somewhere and just like, yo, let's just do this thing. Let's just start and like make an effort for it. So across the years, um, I've done different kind of writing where I've, you know, written, like, things about, I, I still do this, where I write, like, um, social commentary, political commentary, I've written about music, I've written about um, game stuff, I've I've worked at smaller publications just to, I'm so familiar with, like, writing about news, reports, and things of that nature, I've written, um, you know, long-form articles that have specifically try to look at, you know, that, that weird, um, I still say it's weird, but I, I wouldn't necessarily, like, bad weird, just weird in the sense of, like, how gaming can feel kind of disorienting when you're Black, depending upon what you're playing, um, or, and also, you know, I, I'd be writing about these character creators, too, because that's my bag, baby. I'm sorry. I'm going to spend 45 minutes on a character creator. I don't care what you tell me. I could do what? Uh-huh. Okay. Let me test drive this. I'll get back to you, Chief. Um, Shout out to Neo, too, by the way. That, that, that game has, like, one of the best character creators. I'm just saying. I don't want to plug it, but I'm going to plug it. If you're into the Souls games and you want your black characters looking fly, play Neo, too. Anyway. Um... But to what's really funny, before I became a full-time games journalist, up until that point, I've noticed that just things based out of just, I guess, the timing of things, my writing became more and more intense. Like, I was just making a, more of an effort to write about things more, honestly, with myself, things more from a perspective of, like, just being honest in terms of like blackness gaming about politics about life and stuff and people prior to like getting hired on games industry vice it i had a it was a string of like 
I, I would say that I've had multiple articles show up on multiple publications before I got hired with games industry that is within I want to say like six or seven months like I was on fanbyte I was on Ars Technica I was on uh, um, Polygon I was on US Gamer uh, I want to say that didn't it. you write the one on Barrett's voice yes that was on Ars Technica yeah that was one I remember that was my favorite I was just like thank you God, somebody losing my shit. Um, thank you, thank you for for letting me know. Um, the thing, what was really interesting with that was that FF Seven Remake came out, and then Trials of Mana came out, right? And then what I specifically remember is that okay, the thing about FF Seven Remake is like for Black folks in particular, it's like what is up with this dude's voice? Why is it like that? Like he's not written like that, but why is he like that? The, the actor, I know if y'all had this conversation. I'm sorry, I'm like retreading an old ground, but like, oh, no, it's all good. It's so versatile. He can do whatever. Why was that the voice direction, right? That was one of the things I was just thinking about writing. But also at the same time with Charles Mana, I specifically remember like Kevin, the um, the character, he's this cute little brown boy. But, like, why is he tied to, like, being a beast man? Which is, like, one, like, back when I played in the Super Nintendo, well, to be honest, I played it on an emulator because, um, the uh, Seiken Dead Setsu 3 didn't come out in English then. <laughs> so, shout out to people who worked on emulators, I guess, and wrong. Yeah, th- listen, those fan translations are a big part of why I'm into JRPGs <laughs> as hard as I am. Just, like, even right. RPGs in general. Um, couldn't, you know, poor kid can like afford like any of the consoles or anything. So just getting by off a of fan translated, uh, emulation, like, yes, that, that is how <laughs> middle school occurred. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, big part of game preservation, I, 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 I would dare say. Um, but yeah, I remember even then it's like in that game when I played, I was thinking, I was like, why is the only brown very visibly brown boy in this game transforms into a werewolf. But anyway, going up to Trials of Mana, I thought about, okay, so maybe they're going to do some course correction here, right? Because with both FF7 Remake and Trials of Mana, these are games that are remakes of, like, after 20 years, this is the opportunity to, like, course correct things, or at least I thought so. So it was weird playing Trials of Mana and looking at um, FF7 Remake, where, like, in Trials of Mana, Kevin is still largely, like, the only brown face you see up until a certain point in the game, where it's like, well, that's not necessarily true. When you go to the Beastman Kingdom, if you start out in his story arc, you will see brown NPCs, but for the most part, it's just, like, everyone is of a very, very light shade. You, again, don't see darker-skinned people who are, like, just human, who aren't necessarily beastmen until you reach a certain point in the game where I think it's in a town that's supposed to be inspired by the Middle East, but that's kind of iffy with JRPGs, where I, I can't say that in perpetuity because you, you can never really tell, right? Because when you look I'm, at these merchants, they have the turbans, and it's uncomfortable. It's, it is a mashup of India, and because uh, they do this a lot in a lot of both anime and JRPGs and Squeenix in particular is annoying at, at, at this. And it's, you know, stuff from back in the Squaresoft days, which guess what this game is. Um, 
it is a mashup of India and like South Asian um, culture with Middle Eastern. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a mashup of it's like I I don't I don't know how to put it other than like like you know how the U the U S and the and Europe have like a very Orientalist view of the, everything on that everything past Turkey, yeah. <laughs> um, and sometimes Turkey included. Uh, Japan has the same thing for everything like in that area that does not include them and China and basically East Asia. So like all of Middle East and South Asia is like, they have like their own, I don't know what to call it, but like they have their own kind of mashed viewpoint because they're also extremely racist against those cultures. <laughs> it, yeah. It, 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 it <laughs> it's not, not, not comfortable. Um, the other thing too, with, with Kevin, and with Bear, it's like you have these characters who are not white, and they're they're they stand out because of their their speech. Like Kevin has, I don't even want to call it a speech impediment because the way the game like presents it to you is like Kevin like grew up in the wild with like werewolves, and he like trained out in the woods or whatever. So his his speech when he's speaking to people is not good. So I, I suppose that's a speech impediment, but I, I found, but even that doesn't make sense because you meet other characters who spend like a considerable amount of time away from like people, but they speak as if they're a college professor, which I don't know. And then there's another character too, who literally grows up with people and she has a speech her speech is different, and then it's so like, okay, y'all made choices. I don't really like it. Needless to say, in that article, it's like I looked at what they what they did, and the choices that they made with these remakes still didn't really land um, well for me. Um, but the games themselves do play well. Like I still would say you should play Trials of Mana. I know that's been out for like a few years now, but it's a really well done. Um, game those problems aside and, and the game also has other problems too like god i i i don't know what the thought process was behind like a number of the designs for the young mostly underage female cast of characters and i'll just leave that right there that sentence is icky and i'll just leave that right there i'm not wait, I'm, I'm just wait which ones i okay in trials of mana like when you look at the class changes like if you if you just look at um reese and jessica's outfits for their class changes you you really gotta ask yourself why in 20 like after 20 years in a remake did you decide to go that route with those oh yeah the entire like listen the in if the entire witch kingdom yeah 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 it's i don't like the weird part to me is it's just like so like you know they're they're witches right they like have a lot of magic right <clears throat> mm -hmm. leotards and witch hats but they live in a kingdom of ice and snow mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's like legless leotards and then like some 
shoes. And then there's just like, they really go for like the sexy sorceress look. And then I'm just like, what? And then Reese is from basically their version of Amazons. And the weird, I found that, I found out that this was weird to me because like from playing the game before, like I thought the Amazons were brown. Mm. Like I genuinely thought that they were various shades of like not pale. And then I see, because, like, if you look at the sprites and if you look at, like, the, the right. people around, like, that's the impression it gives. But looking at the official artwork, I'm like, what? This yeah. doesn't... Huh? I... Yeah, it, 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 this kind of ties back to with the article, what I was trying to say is that there were chances for course corrections. Some were made, some weren't. And, you know, a lot of times I, I just kind of wonder what extra steps could have been taken to avoid that. Now, this, despite me writing that article and airing out my grievances just now, these games still sold well. And FF7 um, Remake especially sold really, really well. So what do I know, right? Um <laughs> I just, I, I specifically remember, uh, I think it was Gita Jackson, they wrote an article about Eric's voice, and I remember, like, the conversations around that were uncomfortable, and that was another time where I thought, there needs to be more black um, voices talking about things in major publications, because people were trying to use the defense of, like, oh, well, like, He's inspired by Mr. T, but that doesn't hold water because I know dudes who look like Barrett. I literally go to the gym every day. I know dudes who literally look like Barrett. Like, I kid you not. And these gentlemen speak with, like, eloquent words. Like, I wouldn't even know this dude. This dude could tell me, like, oh, no, I do, like, book book audio work for, for a living. That's probably not the case. But just listening to them when they're talking and we're having a conversation, I'm like, wow. Right? I'm not just basing off that, but it's just like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. It is. It, it, I, I don't know. It, it, it was a very, weird. it was a very strange thing for me because one, like, like, and you had mentioned this in the article too, like that was a choice that was made like by the localization team. He's not like written like that in, Jap in Japanese. And like, when you um when you the things that he's talking about he has like a very he has like a very academic understanding of both uh climate uh economy government like he has like a very sophisticated viewpoint on all of that and then it just gets an extremely valid points, and then it just gets buried under lit like literal minstrelsy. Yo, it's so I, offensive. <laughs> it the thing that really blew my mind was that there's that point. I forget which plate it is that you're you're doing, and he's in a party, and a homie literally is just like. 
humming and singing, and I'm like, and I know that's just me projecting, or maybe not, I don't know. And it's just like, why is the black man offering the comedic relief at a time so serious? Things like that, where I think um, maybe in a remake, it should have been someone else that did that. I don't know. Well, also, like, yeah, my- t- to your point on that specific scene, he doesn't do that in the original. And the comedic moments with Barrett don't happen until Red 13 joins. And the comedic moments are more of, here's Red 13 and here's Barrett. Their personalities mesh very well together, but they're still pretty opposite. It's like an odd couple, but what if the odd couple actually got along? That's where the comedy comes in with those two. And that's where you get your comedic moments with Barrett, just playing off of Red 13. Right? Like, the choices that they made with Barrett in the remake were intentional and understandably uncomfortable. I I would hope or well, I I would largely be leaning upon um you know y'all and uh, other folks that they address that in part 2. I hope I hope you know um but to go back to the larger question I asked me so it's like you know I wrote these things and lo and behold I saw hey we're hiring a games industry that biz whatever and up to that point I've been sending out applications for months right because I'm still working in corporate America and like after everything that happened in 2020 I got really burnt out and I really sat with myself and I thought about I don't really like what I'm doing it doesn't make me feel good I at least want to be in a position where I'm using a, a skill specificity, series of specificities. That's not even a word. We're, we're Lizzo <laughs> up in here. It's fine. All right. Thank you. <laughs> I have that I know I can, uh, at the very least, help inform people about, about things that seem complicated, but honestly just peel layers away and help present it to where they can understand things and help them also know that the people who do that job it it's not it's not the same face because even now if you google you know game journalists you're you're not gonna see you're not gonna see my face you know it's i'll just be honest you're you're not um so anyway um one thing I would like to know before I uh, thought about applying there, I remember when when things were happening in 2020 as well. They were one of the few publications that you know admitted that you know we're we're talking to more people to help things be more inclusive with entry, and they've been doing that for a while, even before 2020. But like you know, they made a point of saying you know at that time the team didn't have didn't have uh anyone that was black or brown on it and they like said that you know and i remember throughout 2020 i was reading like a number of publications and verticals who who very much do not have anyone on staff who's or black or brown still 
I did not mention any word about that, but yet I'm seeing them write about, you know, Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. And I'm not, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but I, I'm just saying, you know, when there's all these talks about being more representative of the people who play games, the culture behind that, who's buying these games, and everything around that, you know, when you don't really have people from all these backgrounds, I could give so many great, you know, perspectives at major publications, you know, I, I, I think that that's a great opportunity for things to just get better. And that is happening. I'm not saying that it's not. It, it, it's a slow change as well as on top of everything else. Anyway, long story short, I said something to the fact like that <laughs> during my interviews. And here I am. I'm my game journalist. Um, one thing I would also like to add, I would have not felt empowered to do that if it wasn't for like the communities I was in, like talking to y'all, making Nerds of Color, um, the other groups that I'm in, just cool people, like my mentors, who literally just said, why why can't you do this? You clearly have the skills. Just because your name is not like, um, I don't know, who's someone really big? Like IGN, what, what makes you think that you're not as good at their jobs with that? If it wasn't for stuff like that over the years, and me just like really pushing myself to improve as a writer, I don't think I would be in a position that I am right now. So it's it's definitely like not just something that I did, but I was inspired and encouraged and empowered by other people. Um, and I would be remiss to not mention if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here. So this is me saying, you're not for y'all. I'm going to be here. So, Hey man, that gratitude. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I'm glad you are here because one thing that you do really well is you take those concepts and you demystify them and you break them down. And I actually wanted to talk to you about two of the things well one thing that you wrote to sort of break down and demystify the other is just hilarious and we can talk about the hilarity of the situation uh we're gonna go back to squeenix because you wrote something about their quarter one sales um and how their quarter one sales are down their units sold are down but 14 is mm. up and me as someone that has only a glancing knowledge of the industry and how it works I saw this and I was like, okay, so what does this, like, what, what does it mean when these companies have their investor meet, their quarterly investors meetings, their quarterly investor calls, and they say things like, hey guys, sales are down. How, how should we, how should we interpret that? What should, what should our takeaway from that be? So with, um, that in particular, with, with, with Square Enix's, uh, Find uh Q1 um report. So sales declined by 50%. And, and pretty much what you have to keep in mind is, is a couple of things. They they also just ended up um selling a number of like studios in IP. You know, people say Western Studios and you know a large majority of that was Western Studios and IPs to Embracer. Um one of the comments that they made regarding that was that that was quote unquote cannibalizing the safe, their their sales. And what I interpreted that was from 
a professional standpoint is that I don't think they've assessed they've assessed you know their return on investment and I I I would just say it wasn't giving what it was supposed to give, right? I, I think that's the simplest way I can answer that, that part at least. Um, so they were like, okay, we're we're gonna keep who we're gonna keep, and we're just gonna pass these off while we focus on diversifying our earnings, and that's what they said in the report. So pretty much that's just saying we know what works, we know what we provide. And we're going to stick to that. So sales were down 15% overall. Last year, the company did have near replicate come out. And also they had Outriders come out at that time. So the thing is, near sales out in these streets, you know, people like it. Um, I, I forget how much it sold. I don't know exact numbers. My apologies. But any year after a release, unless you have another release that's coming in, those numbers are going to tend to be down because you, you know, don't have a, a new game that's going to increase sales. But like you said, one of the things that you certainly have to look at is that for their their HD games, it was down 52%. That is not good. <laughs> even even on a back end of like, hey, you know, last year we, we sold all these games or whatever that that's not good but also we have to remember that this is a company that reported record numbers when ff um 7 remake dropped and you're not striking lightning like that all the time right so i there, there's like you got to keep that perspective in mind um also at the same time their their mobile and um pc browser game section is doing well for itself because well it's doing well quote-unquote because they decreased by 17 percent but still like that's a section that's also still alive it saw echoes of um mana release so at least it has one other new new title but what is on a positive end is final fantasy 14 and i think you both can attest to the fact because i think both of you play it <laughs> um that is one of their their strongest well-performing um products like without saying you know it, it's seeing an increase in users that's great because a live service game um are we cool with saying calling mmos live service games here i, don't I know mean i i mean mmos by nature are live service games but i do have a tendency to keep them uh kind of separated if that makes sense okay because um if we think of it as like MMOs or like the original live service games, you have live service games that are not MMOs. Mm, okay. Okay, so um, I MMOs. Okay. No, go ahead, sorry. Uh and then you have the ones that are like trying not to be MMOs but finally realize that they are Destiny. Um we'll never forgive that. I will never that was just you, you wasted years trying to fight the MMO title. Um but you, I mean, like, you have um, games that are, like, online, but, and have, like, you get new content, like, delivered to you online, but they don't technically qualify, like, quantify as, like, MMO genre. 
they're like this weird hybrid. Okay. So yeah, I should definitely stick to MMOs because like Bacon just eloquently said, um, those different distinctions are very distinct and I don't want to overgeneralize, so I will say just MMOs. Um, so yeah, um, FF14 is, is doing well for itself, um, for the company, and it's pretty obvious that um, how many times you've probably seen ads for that game just doing whatever. That's the good. ad is a literal meme. See? Yeah. <laughs> I can't repeat it because I just don't have a brain like that, but, like, it is a literal meme. You know, you see, like, people do, like, the copy pasta thing where they just repeat it everywhere. Mm-hmm. If you are in any Final Fantasy fourteen community, you've seen that, like, 18,000 times. Word. Yeah. And, yeah, so, FF14 is doing as well. So, what's important to know as well during that report, they reported that overall, both its downloaded and packaged games, like, dropped... 57 percent that is also not good for a quarter but also to keep things in mind this is a company where that for the rest of the year i i would argue that it would it's going to be doing well for itself because uh we were talking about this before recording but between now and where when Forspoken releases in January, they're going to see the releases of Dealfield uh, Chronicle, Valkyrie Elysium, Near Automata is coming out on the Switch. Um, the game that Bacon is interested in called Har- Harvestella. Harvestella, is that right? Something like that. But listen, I just need to know if that game has dating. Please find out <laughs> for me. Thank you. I have, have that written down. I will find out if there's dating. I'm going to need you to jam up. Uh, I'm gonna need you to jam up a rep and find out for me because I need to know the community needs to know. <laughs> we gotta find out if that has uh, romance in it. Um, this hard release. Then you have Tactics Ogre Reborn, which is a remake of um, the PSP game that came out 12 years ago. Then Valkyrie Elysium is coming out on PC. You have Dragon Quest Treasures. You have Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. You have Star Ocean, the new Star Ocean coming out. And then you have Forspoken. So that's nine releases between now and towards the end of January 2023. So I am of the opinion that when the year is done, they should be in a good position. And I don't necessarily think it'll be a bad fiscal year for them, whatever that means. I honestly can't tell you if if numbers are, if it comes out to where numbers are, I don't know, maybe 5%, a 5% decline from the previous that might be considered bad. I I really don't know. Another another thing about my job is that I don't understand how businesses really assess things. Um, the best I can do is just look at those numbers and try to help people understand things. So once the year is done, we know that in 2023, that's going to be when the newest Final Fantasy installment comes out. And I'm still not quite sure when part two of FF7 Remake will come out. 
And then we also, I still don't also know the exact, well, we don't know the exact date for um, the, uh, oh man, I'm blanking out, the Crisis Core remake, when that's coming out exactly. So needless to say, I think 2023 is going to be fine for them, but up until that point, I also think they'll be fine. But right now, um, Final Fantasy XIV is doing well for them, and I don't, I, I, I think also that because Square Enix is a company that knows what sells for them and what people tend to like, I think they'll be fine. Because among all those games that I've read off, like you'll notice there's like an interesting through line with them where, you know, we're talking high fantasy, medieval joints. And who doesn't like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a kinda, staple. It's a staple. Right? Yeah, exactly. I think they'll be okay. Yeah, one of the one of the things too that like I keep I've I've been bringing it up lately because I think people constantly forget about this is like when you have um Jap like Square Enix is even though they have like I'm pretty sure like isn't their CEO like straight up a white dude um and they have an office in LA they are still a Japanese company and uh. With Japanese companies, like there is still this idea, and it, honestly, it's it's uh, also pushed by the um, the Japanese government that like Japanese companies need to put Japan first. Which, from a business standpoint, makes sense because if that is your primary target that you got to take care of for finances, why, why wouldn't you take care of your primary market first? Sorry, go ahead. Right. No, exactly. And so, like, I think part of this, too, is like, and I, I think you had mentioned this in your article is like, you know, one of the things that they were concerned about was pulling resources away from their Japanese studios, because that was also happening. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't know if they'll provide more feedback on that later on, because I also think they're still assessing what their earnings forecast aka when they tell us what they expect they'll be earning in the year post that sale um but when a company uses the words we were afraid that these studios and ips were quote unquote cannibalizing our sales that language does make you pause and you have to think okay what resources or or yeah like what resources resources was that taken away exactly or what was it just not on pace with what they were making from their other studios who's to say I, I i really can't say because that that's not something i don't think i saw in the reports or as i tried to but um bacon's point um a lot of these companies and this is from what i've seen in my other reporting People do have to remember that, yes, these are international companies, but they do have a primary target audience, or rather, I, I would say a primary target markets that they want to make sure that they hit first or that they're very strong in versus, you know, others. So 
pretty much this this also comes back to like you know what what their games tend to be more focused on you know again high fantasy really colorful cast dope ass magic la 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 this this stuff's not really all that different from what they've been giving us over the years so you know right that's what the streets like that's what the streets like it'd be like that <laughs> one thing I will say though it's that um I almost caught myself saying now Diofield Valkyrie Elysium Tactics Ogre Reborn y'all just doing the Spider-Man pointing gif meme but then I realized not really because I remember even back in like the PS2 days if <laughs> that's not really any different you know nope. and we have another Star Ocean that's also oh my God, we do have another Star Ocean. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's been um that like <laughs> people get on Nintendo for putting out the same games all the time, and I'm like, but Square Enix is right there. <laughs> I think the thing with that is that um because the characters aren't aren't being swapped out with a different cast. I think that's why people, like, say that. But, yeah, it's like you said. It's just, like, you know, you have these well-established franchises that that, that know what they're doing are still giving people the products. That That's also... That, that, that's something, since I've started my job, I've always found interesting. When people make those comments, complaints, or comparisons. Essentially, um, a lot of major publishers, a lot of them have franchises that may not necessarily do the same thing, but their products are, are very much we know what's been working for us, so we're going to give you more quote unquote of the same, or is it just something along that vein? So uh Ubisoft for Far Cry Six, Assassin's Creed, um EA with FIFA, or not FIFA now after the the um the whole thing with the deal. Um FIFA wants a bigger cut. FIFA wants a bigger cut, right. Um and uh oof. There's another example I, I like to use. Um, yeah, you know, Nintendo with Mario Kart um, and all that, which just got DLC because they know people play that, people enjoy those games, so we're going to give you more of what we know um, is just going to hopefully give us more in revenue because you're going to buy it. And I'm not saying that in, in a way that that's pejorative it's just i think when we see these reports come in it'll, it'll just prove that this is why they tend to stick to things i i think this is why we don't see newer installments of older franchises release as often because you know it may have not done as well as they thought i don't know who's to say we haven't had a new watchdogs in how, how long we haven't had a new I'm trying to use a Nintendo franchise here. I'm thinking of. I can't think of one. Anyway, bad example. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. It, it The thing about these, these reports as well, too, you have to keep in mind, like Bacon said, it's just that these companies are very aware of what their targets are, and they try to hit them. And when you see these games, you have to keep in mind, they are developed and designed as they are because they know what works for them, given their pedigree. So you have to keep that in mind. Yep. Um, LJ, did you have any? LJ, Justin, did you have anything else to add? No, I, I had nothing to add to that conversation. I was just listening and absorbing everything that was being said. Like I said, I did not know how to ingest or digest that. And between the two of you, I think myself, but more importantly, our audience was able to to get a little peek behind the curtain of like what these investor calls mean and like the actual business behind games because this hobby that we enjoy there's also a business behind it and decisions have to be made based on that business and one of those decisions this is the other thing I wanted to talk about I'm just going to read the headline Microsoft Xbox exclusive Call of Duty would simply not be profitable it would not <laughs> at all like my um, my initial thoughts were like yeah. just seeing the headline was like duh but I know you wrote this for a reason this quote came out for a reason so help me understand um, how, how did this <laughs> come about so in that report um Microsoft was responding to um, Brazilian regulators regarding um, I'm not quoting this exactly or correctly, but essentially Microsoft and a number of other like tech and gaming firms speaking to Brazilian um, regulators and there, there were comments regarding um, the like how how the market would be um, worthy um, acquisition to be finalized because you also have to keep in mind that he announced it but a deal has to close and by the, when it was announced that Microsoft would be purchasing Activision Blizzard they said that it won't finalize until 18 months following the announcement so you know we we gotta wait a little bit um so anyway. Uh, speaking to Brazilian regulators, they were just addressing concerns and they were just commenting on, you know, hey, us buying them isn't necessarily a problem. And mostly they, they were addressing like the concerns that Sony brought up. And the major one was, of course, exclusivity. And this is the simplest way um, I think this can be understood. If you own something that has been making a lot of money being available multiple platforms, why would you not continue that? And in your comments made, um, the X were it exclusive, the Xbox user base alone 
would not be providing that revenue that it seemed from just being available elsewhere. It just financially that wouldn't be to their benefit. You know, simple as that. It would not be to their benefit. Why? Why would they? not want to make money that is the easiest way i can explain it so yes that comment is funny because of course why would they want to do that um the other thing i thought that was interesting as i was reading through that was that um sony as sony was speaking about like you know the possible implications of exclusivity Microsoft also provided reasons how, you know, it, it again, just wouldn't make sense. It would just be to everyone's benefit that it's just available. And one of the comments that Sony made about that was that, well, Call of Duty is so, it's so popular and sells so well, it's almost in a category of its own. But what's important to, to remember with that is, it's also something that's available and multiple platforms. Well, I don't. I don't, Well, I know some years that can get kind of tricky because it's hasn't all. Not every title is always available on PC and yada 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 yada. But um, anyway, we're talking about a game that is played on Xbox and PlayStation. That's you know one of the highest selling games. But again, why would you get in a way? of something that makes so much revenue by only having it available in one place. It, it just logically doesn't make sense. And that's what they were uh, essentially saying um, throughout the uh, the comments uh, regarding Sony's concerns. And um, even, even the comment of like Call of Duty being in a category of itself, Microsoft pushed back against that and says that well even if that's the case other games still like hit the top 20 every year and they're not call of duty they are available on other platforms they're made by different developers they're different genres so that concern as well even that even we're not even going to make it exclusive that is something as well that we're not going to do and to their point it's right because when you look at the top selling games you'll see call of duty but also you'll see other games like fifa you'll see a nintendo game games excuse me plural apologies um so yeah so so that argument it, it was really interesting I'm, I'm i'm still not quite sure how and why those comments came about um still the uh acquisition of you know activision blizzard to microsoft is like one of the biggest purchases when it, uh if and when or more likely will finalize um that's a lot of money but anyway um <laughs> okay like like i'm definitely uh -huh. one of those people who's like very anti you know giant merger mm. thing also like Microsoft, can you just buy them already? <laughs> um. Well, so the, the, the thing that stood out to me in this was Sony got real panicky. Sony, Sony was like, yo, why are you hang why are you hanging out with Microsoft, Activision? Why are you hanging out with Microsoft? You're, gonna, you're trying to take Call of Duty away? Is that what you're doing? You're trying to take away Call of Duty? It's like, yo, 
logically. Well, the other. It, well, yeah, like like it makes no sense, like you said, mm. for Microsoft to interfere with Activision's revenue because Activision's revenue was now Microsoft's revenue. They have no motivation to do any of the things Sony is worried about because it makes zero sense. But Sony's also, like Microsoft's a, entire. It goes against Microsoft's entire business model. Well, that too. Yeah, they've, they've even said that. Yeah, they even said it's like it, it, it would go against our business strategies to do that. Um, like, I'm going to address what, what Bacon said. I'm sorry. Like Microsoft's entire thing for the last like several years has been like get as many Microsoft everything into peop- as many people's hands as possible and that also means we don't give a fuck about exclusives right right like microsoft's whole get down for the last like you said seven eight years has been games as a service we're trying to we're trying to deliver these games as a service that is how we're going to compete in this space sony's whole get down has been we want to lock down those big triple a exclusives and Sony's acting like Microsoft is going to do the thing that Sony would do if they had the ability. If Sony was able to make Call of Duty Sony exclusive, they would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you're both right. And, and the thing is, um, with, even, even within the reasons that they provided as to why, no, we wouldn't do this, like, the first bullet point that you will read an article says that Microsoft said that it's not a part of its business strategy to remove content from players. So no, they wouldn't do that. Um, because again, why would um, why would you get in the way of like the maximum revenue that a game could possibly make? Also, the other thing too, going back to the whole panicky thing, I I can't say for certain, but Call of Duty, I don't have the exact numbers, but it does. It does sell really well on the PlayStation. I think it has been selling more on the PlayStation than Xbox. That may not be right. I could be wrong. I want to say I might be wrong. But regardless of the fact, it's up there in, in, in the charts um, for sales. Um, also, I think um, when he made that comment um, like last week, um, where it was worried about, well, if it's exclusive, that's going to affect, like, future console sales. I, I also think, like, Call of Duty tends to sell a lot with the purchase of, like, new PlayStation consoles. Well, but, yeah, I don't have those exact numbers, so my apologies. But anyway, yeah, the, the, those, those comments are, um, I don't know where they came from because financially it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, also, to just what Bacon said earlier, when it, um, regarding like you know competition mergers, the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard is being looked at. I want to say has been is being looked at by like various you know trade bodies and what have you. I remember specifically writing just a number of articles. Hey, such such is just looking at this to make sure you know X Y Z. So it's not as if like people aren't thinking about that. They are. It is still more than likely just gonna go through. And then what the company looks like after that is a whole different conversation. We could probably talk about whenever that happens. Yeah. I mean the 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 most interesting part right now is Microsoft has gone. Uh. <clears throat> 
I'm not going to say pro-union, but they're not union antagonistic and they're pro-working with unions now. Which is massive. I think you put, I think the way you phrased it is pretty massive that specifically Microsoft is going to be leading on that. And I do appreciate one of the things in their announcement is like, they're like, we work with, and this, I don't think this gets talked about very much, but they're like, we work with unions all the time because we do a lot of work in Europe where unions are a thing. We are required to work with unions because we do a lot of work in Europe. It doesn't make sense to not have that all across the company. I think that's a great point that you brought up. I think one of the things right now that I find really interesting um, regarding gaming businesses is that people in companies are empowering themselves. Now, I would argue now probably more than ever to really to really just make sure that they are making sure that they're in a better position within the games industry because it, it it's still one where that you know there's a lot of conversations about disparities in pay um equity um career longevity and then the more that intersects with folks is um you know gender their their race different um being part of overlook communities and now considering things such as um healthcare birth control companies have to it me me probably saying this is probably well i'll just say i i i think companies have to respond as employees are empowering themselves because now Everything that I mentioned isn't just happening within the games industry, and, and I know y'all spoke about this. this. This is just happening within the U.S. We're, we're just speaking about the U.S. right now. That they have to respond to these things, and part of me, I don't like saying this, but like part of me thinks that it would be a very, very, very bad like PR move when a spotlight is on you to just say, no, we're not going to support also this growing contingent of more labor and union protection that's happening within the US because we're not down with that within our company. So I, I, I think that companies are starting to respond better to that. Well, they, they kind of have to. Um, you can't really just fire everybody that wants to do you know, because the thing is these companies are still run by people and people run the companies that that's why i also try to remind people in my writing and when i'm speaking officially on our podcast is that you got to remember how how things affect the person you know we're, we're not talking about the ceo I'm, I'm not saying that they may or may not do a good job, but if sales are up, then that would say, yes, they are. But, you know, as we're seeing these intersections of all these things that are happening, 
people aren't just going to work and making these games. People aren't just going to work and coding. People aren't just going to work and, and make sure that these games don't have bugs. What's happening now is that people are asking for more that they should deserve because human beings just need more more access to things. That's just, you know, we, we live in, man, there was a really great quote. Oh man, there was a really great quote I got in a um, interview that I did recently and I am blanking out on what he said. Uh, <laughs> give, wait, 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 give, give me a minuto. Let me see if I can get it. Um, hold on, wait. It was a really good quote. It was, it was something about, um, uh, it was something about like resources and what's available. Uh, hold on, wait. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Um, Wait, this is a really good quote. Oh, wait. Ooh, 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 ooh. I think I found it. Wait. Okay. In a feature that I did not too long ago, someone had a really good quote where he said that, you know, we live in a world of unlimited needs but limited resources, right? And that is so true. And the games industry... I know a lot of people probably probably just think, hey, you know, I'm just playing these games for fun, and depending upon their, their background or what they're into, they probably don't think too much about the people making these games. But, you know, it's people making these games. People. Living, breathing human beings. People who, like us, probably worry about rent. Probably worrying about, you know, their bills going making sure that it's okay for them to go to the hospital making sure that if they're not feeling well they can take a day off work um i know it probably sounds like i'm rambling but there's actually a point to this and i'm gonna keep it very brief but like the large like what what i'm talking about is that the thing about quote-unquote business news is that it encompasses a lot of things and what i want people to remember is that people are what make businesses go. So, I don't know if this is ever gonna happen, but like, if a com- if like all the employees of who knows what, some studio just like stopped and protested, that would be a big deal. Uh, has that happened necessarily? I don't know, I don't know. Even, even during the whole Activision Blizzard thing, I'm not sure if it was everyone or certain contingent, anywho. The, the the whole point that I'm trying to get to is that as things change, people are making them change, and businesses have to adapt to adjust with that. Because if not, what's going to happen is that, and we've seen it happen before, people just leave the industry, and it's just a very not a good cycle, and the same thing kind of continues where things regarding labor, healthcare um equity payments all that stuff is not really being being addressed and what happens is that it's it's not good it's just not good you just see people just being more and more vocal about it so that's why i think right now is an interesting time to pay attention to this because things are changing and also um i remember not too long ago where with playstation 
um, the head of uh, PlayStation. I don't want to say he got in trouble, but like his comments regarding like people's opinions about Roe versus Wade didn't land well because of the way it was delivered. Like I forget, I think it was, it was something in a, in an email that that read like it wasn't necessarily HR approved, and you know folks just got angry with the way it landed. I think it came across as something like a both sides kind of thing, and I'm I'm sorry. I'm someone that will tell you, like, I'm a black man in America. There ain't no both sides to nothing. There's not. And I'll even say this right now, like, and, like, we've had, like, people interviewed on our side that even said this. It's like, these companies have to make a choice where if you do value your employees, you're just going to have to change with the times. Like, this is not like I'm just showing up to work. Everything is fine outside. I'm sorry. Outside isn't all that great for a lot of people. For so many reasons, the very least that you can do is to help it be easier as they make all this great entertainment that people like. That, that That's really what it comes down to. If I find a better way to say this, I don't know, maybe I might write a book about this later on in the future, child. I don't know. Well, if you do decide to write that book, let us know. We will have you on the show to talk about it. As you, part of the like, as you do your press run for your books, you realize you have to stop by. And... Yeah, no, 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 for sure. I already told Bacon like, well, not this book, but whatever the one I'm currently working on. Like, I'm just sliding them over the copy. I be like, all right, I got you, homie. You know, that's for you. You know, you ain't gotta worry about buying it. That's it. Straight to your address. Blah, I'm free, and that's it. I'm sorry, only Bacon gets that. Everyone else, I don't know. No, I'm, I mean... kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Nah, I'm, hey, I'm, hey, I'm, nah, I'm, this I'm is. Like you said, this is still a business. And I understand. I understand. You One free copy. Everyone else got to pay. I'm with that. I trust. I understand that. <laughs> you say that like we're not all going to share the same copy because we black people. <laughs> yeah, I just thought about that. Yeah, you're right. I was like, oh, like, like we all share in the same Netflix, even though Netflix does not want us to have it. Like we all share in the same Netflix. We're sharing the same book. Yeah. Netflix, if you didn't want yeah. us to do it, you shouldn't have given us so many profiles on a single password. Oh, are they raising? Are they raising the price? No, they did, or they will. Uh, that yes, yes, they they have. They have raised it. They are raising it. They're trying to like prevent the multiple passwords. They're trying to do a lot of stuff that's going to make all of their users be like, excuse me, what? Hmm. We're just going to move over to Hulu. Counterpoint. They have spectacular Spider-Man now. And that's my favorite Spider-Man show ever made. So I'm like, I... okay. Have you... Have you watched that bacon? Spectacular Spider-Man? I don't know what happened to my brain. Like at the beginning of the pandemic, like about halfway through, I just stopped watching things. That's fair. So I haven't watched. I have not watched shit for like a year and a half. I've got I'm like, I'm like, I can't say I'm two years behind because I'm like, that would just not be accurate. Uh, That would just be me not remembering time correctly. Um, But I have definitely absolutely just not been watching really anything for about a good year and a half i am so behind on content Ah, well we are in the content age there is much content to be consumed 
like this podcast. Yeah. And Jeff, thank you for stopping by, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for um, having me by. And um, I hope all the words I said made sense because I know I can ramble. Woo! But See, thank you. You call it rambling. I call it elucidation because that was very enlightening and honestly just letting you cook and explain these things and making all the points connect back to even in business. There's still people in these businesses. You have to look out for the people and you can only screw the people so long before you eventually become ineffective as a business. So you have to start pandering. I don't want to say pandering, but you have to start like catering to them, which is why Microsoft is taking the as bacon so eloquently put not antagonistic to unions like that is a brilliant way of phrasing that. They're not pro-union. Well, they're just no longer actively antagonizing them. Right. No. Well, like, and it doesn't even say, like, they didn't even say that they're going to, like, agree with the unions. They just said that they're going to actively work with the unions just like they do in X, Y, and Z countries. And that yeah. they're just, there needs to be change going on. Microsoft is doing a lot of stuff that, like, I think is going to um, really change how... Uh, tech and gaming is going to be working for the foreseeable future. Like the fact that they're all, and I, this sounds like I'm a Microsoft stand. I'm not, I live in Seattle. They're also the devil. I am. And your perspective on things is so different from everyone else regarding tech, but go ahead. Sorry. I live in fucking Seattle. Do you know how infuriating, like, like I feel like I look at the rest of the country and the things they say, and I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm like, no. Watching, and I, everybody, like, anybody who listens to this podcast, all the listeners know how much I fucking rail on Amazon on a regular basis. But when they, when people were like, no, we want Amazon to come here. Like, all of Seattle was just like, the fuck you don't. <laughs> No, you do not. Um, but like with with what uh, Microsoft's heading towards unions, um, climate, uh, and like they've been doing a lot of like climate sustainable and uh, climate pot, like environmental stuff, and just like a push towards greater sustainability. But also their their accessibility section is amazing. Like they're doing some major pushes in tech and accessibility and it's very exciting to watch. And it's not even, it's not even just like a like, oh yeah, we have like an accessibility group. Like, no, they have a, they, they test it specifically with people of varying disabilities. Um, I know one of their biggest weaknesses right now is their is their uh, UIs, their user interfaces are like really not accessibility friendly. But I know they're going to they're making a push towards that as since they're adjusting all of the hardware first. I've seen, of, like, <laughs> I've seen a number of like people uh, join Microsoft's accessibility they themselves are from um, various dis um, disability organizations so yeah yeah that, that that's been cool i just wanted to co-sign that yeah again wild to me that this is all happening from starting from microsoft like it's happening through microsoft right now like microsoft clearly is not like the start of this at all but because they're such a massive company and they have ties with everywhere and 
one of the biggest thing is when you are a company that contracts with Microsoft, you are required to follow those things. So anybody who is contracted to work with Microsoft is going to be required to work with the unions. They're going to be required to have accessibility. They're going to be required to have like a variety of uh, languages and like language op options, et cetera. Like the requirements that they're going to have their contractors is why I'm saying this is going to like bleed into the rest of the industry. Yes, more there. accessibility. Great. More accessibility. More everything. More everything, please. Like, please, with the text, that is my major one. Text size, because I envision a pair of wear glasses. Is that even about me? Even though it kind of includes me. Well, please, please, why? The text does not to be need to be the size of a bean as we're playing these games on anything. Not on PC, not on the Switch, not on my phone, not nothing. Like, please, just give us the option. If we want them to be jumbo-sized, there's nothing wrong with that. It, it helps everyone, please. Okay. Oh, I, I agree. Like, especially as, like, um, the it looks like I have, like, CFS. So, like, I have, like, a lot of, like, brain fog. And it, like, triggers my ADHD. So, like, focusing on text is super – focusing on anything is super hard. But, like, I am heavily reliant on subtitles. So being able – if I could, like, change the subtitle text, that would be amazing for me. Like, increase the size of the subtitle text. It'd be a game changer. But yes, thank you so much for hanging out with us, giving, letting us use your government. Um, also, job, that was the case. also, uh, you know, w once you're getting big, don't don't forget the little people. Oh no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna just stay. In the... <laughs> I was, come I was back over, reference. come back on your tour, say hi. I was going to reference that video I shared in the Discord. You know the one. You're like, huh? Yes. Yes. <laughs> God, this, this fool in the Discord is such a goddamn shitster. He's such a problem maker. This is this is why I bring up the Akashi print like all the freaking time just to get back at this troublemaker. Oh I I have never cared about it in my entire life, and I am sitting out here going, you know what? Maybe I'm gonna get a phone case. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, I, I saw the cutest like baby photo where the the dad had a Koski like coat, and I think the baby. They dressed him up as like a little like Naruto, and I'm like, oh, they're starting him in his black cosplay journey. And then part of me is just like, mm, I don't like this, but I support it because it's cute. Ugh. See that? That's Ugh. how they get you they, through through cute pictures and fashionable clothing items. Now that child will be repping for Ninja Al Qaeda. That's how it starts. I All right, Jeff, <laughs> one more time. Where can people find you and your work? Okay. You can find me on Twitter at JRPotential, all a word. 
Um, you can find my work at gamesindustry.biz if you just want to see um, not just news about the games industry, but we also have a really great slew um, of like features where you know we're regularly like talking to folks about business and different aspects of the business. Also, we have a great um, academy feature where we look at um, different aspects of the gaming industry. It's like how do you get your game published? Why do indie games cost differently? Or how can you, you know, advertise your game? La, 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 la. That's really cool. Really, really informational. If you're ever just wondering about how things work, please, by all means, check that out. And um, yeah, that's where you'll find me um, doing my job. And oh, wait, wait, one more thing I want to add. Also, you may or may not find me saying things on the internet. That could be summed up to this, and it'll probably be a great note to, to end on. Where are, in your games, in your games, I'm just saying like, to, I'll, I'll be saying something like this. Yeah, I'm playing this game, so uh, where the uh, black and brown, brown, black and brown people, where, where, where the black and brown people who are queer? They exist, why aren't they here? You have all these dragons and stuff. Where they at? Hmm? Why aren't they here? Just ask yourself why. Just, just, just ask yourself why. Say, huh? That's weird. Multi, uh, all these characters and stuff, all this culture and different things going on. But the queer and black and brown folks don't exist. Hmm. All right. That's it. That's actually. I'm all right. I'm, I'm hoping that's where Aaron ends it. Like that, right? Just, just. Where the gay niggas at? Where are the gay niggas at? Right. Where where the where the queer black niggas at? Where like where where the where the queer niggas? Where 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 are they? I would like like we we are a large amount of people. Where we at? Inquiring minds want to know. I'm just saying. Y'all made a lot of promises in twenty twenty. Ooh, they, 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 made so, they made so many promises. They made black so many promises. With their black screens. I remember. I remember. Go ahead, stand up, stand up, stand up.